On today's episode, we are gladly joined again by Howard Beck to talk about if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George still plan on being there for the Clippers next year, or should I say the Clippers plan on running it back next year. And we're also going to discuss Russell Westbrook's contract situation and maybe Kawhi Leonard at the four next season. Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. My name is Darian Viziri. I've been a Clipper fan for 18, going on 19 years, born and raised in Los Angeles. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. And for today's episode, I am very happy to bring back Locked On contributor and NBA media member Howard Beck to talk about this episode, which is brought to you by Bird Dogs, the best legwear around. Howard, thanks so much for joining us to talk some Clippers basketball. Good to be back. And um, I'm going to try to get through the next 30 minutes without uh, literally choking. And I don't mean choking like missing shots. I mean, like I am doused in smoke here in New York City. It has infiltrated my apartment despite every window being closed. And I I actually seriously, like if I have to stop to cough, uh, just, you know, be forewarned listeners. I apologize in advance. No problem. That That is a sad situation going on in New York. And, you know, the word choking for the Clipper fans is a little bit of PTSD. <laughs> but in today's episode, we are going to talk about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. The last time you came on, you said that it didn't really make sense to move on from them. With the Portland Trailblazers, there's been some rumblings the last two days with them getting the third pick and Damian Lillard really wanting some help, like another star that maybe they look to package that pick. And the Clippers have two two-way wings that really could pair up well with Dame potentially. And then we're going to also talk about the possibility of not the Clippers not going out and getting a new four and just having Kawhi Leonard slide up to the four, which we've mentioned a lot in the past, and then Russell Westbrook in the end. But let's start out with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So the last time you came on, you said that it didn't really make realistic sense for them to be traded. You want to ride it out if you're the Clippers. You have the Intuit Dome coming in two years. And they're, with how injury-prone they are, who knows what teams will give up for them. And if you trade one of them, you probably have to trade both because I don't know who you're bringing in that's a, a direct replacement for Paul George that can be that level of player right off the bat because Kawhi is not getting any younger. So let me just ask you, have you heard any differences from the last time or do you still think for sure 110% Clippers are running it back? I, I still feel like – Overall, the the logical thing is to to sit there in in, in the you know the the um, you know sober post season post disappointment period where you sit back, you get the emotions out of it, and you go, all right, that was really frustrating. Again, are we going to keep going through this same routine every year where one or both of our stars isn't available? We get lose you know in the playoffs in the first or second round or somewhere anywhere short of the conference finals, anywhere short of the finals, really. Are we really going to keep banging our heads into the same wall? And my position last time we talked was like, I don't see a great alternative other than running it back. They've, you know, they're obviously they're each on, a, on an expiring deal. 
There are decisions to be made about extensions that clearly players always want when they're eligible for them. So, and you've got a great supporting cast. You might as well just cross your fingers, hope they're healthy. Maybe this is the season that it finally all comes together. And I think that's reasonable, by the way. But what's happened since then is, is a, two things. One, the lottery balls fell the way they did. You alluded to Portland. There are other teams also, I think, who are high in the lottery who may not necessarily want another young player. I think that the draft is going to provide a bunch of opportunities for trades to be made because a lot of teams are either going to want to move up, down, or out based on where they are. Portland is one of them. I could see Detroit and Houston who have high picks not necessarily wanting yet another 19 or 20-year-old as they try to turn the corner on their, on their rebuilds. So there's a lot of that. So that's one thing that's changed since you and I last spoke. The other one is, I don't think the CBA was done when you and I last spoke. And the new CBA, as we've seen, we don't need to get into all the, the you know nitty-gritty of it. It, it was, but, it was. But, okay, so the more time we've had to digest all of that, the more people I have spoken to around the league about the consequences of this CBA, I start to look at a team like the Clippers and think maybe this is when they need to pivot. So conversations I've had, even within the last couple of days, it's been suggested to me that, you know what, don't be surprised if this is actually the moment when they finally decide to break this up and that it, that it wouldn't necessarily be trading both of them, but that you keep Kawhi and you trade Paul George. And it's no reflection on Paul George. It's just the idea that their combined salaries are what? Over you know, 90, 92 million, whatever it's going to be this coming season. They're both, as I say, going to want extensions because stars always do, especially the, the deeper you are into your career. You want that added security. And the consequences for going past the luxury tax, the first apron, the second apron, it's not just... Oh, Steve Ballmer will just write a check. Cool. Ballmer's right, willing to write checks. We know that. Great. Um, Joe Lacob up in, in, the, in the Bay Area, going to write checks. The consequences of this new CBA, specifically targeting those two teams, is not just to, to give them financial pain, but to start taking away cap exceptions and ability to make certain kinds of trades. And eventually, if you are too far over, possibly losing uh, draft picks or having your draft picks get frozen and, and tacked onto the uh, having them drop to the end of the, of the round um, years in the future, the consequences for, for spending wildly are going to be severe now. And because of that, like I say, people around the league have had more time to digest that. I myself have had more time to digest it. And some of the conversations I've had recently suggest to me that I should not be ruling out the possibility that the Clippers will break up that duo. Um, it, it doesn't mean it will happen. Trades are hard to make in this league. We know that. And these guys are both on expiring deals, which means that if you're trying to make a trade involving, say, Paul George, the team he's being sent to, you're trying to get, obviously, high value back from. But at the same time, that team presumably wants Paul George. Maybe they want him as an expiring, but maybe they want him for the foreseeable future and they have to worry about trading for him and having him walk after a year. But I guarantee you this much. Paul George, at this stage of his career, is still incredibly valuable. And if they did decide to make that kind of move and it solves other problems too, right? Because you're probably breaking up that 45, 46 million, whatever into a couple of smaller deals that'll be more easy, uh, easily moved. Um, it, it gives you greater flexibility uh, in terms of your salary cap, but it also probably replenishes some of your depth too. Maybe this is your path to getting the point guard that we're going to talk about later, because obviously, you know, there's there's a, a Westbrook conundrum to, to face as well. Um, 
it could just open things up for them in a way. And listen, they came there in tandem. I get that. Kawhi Leonard wanted Paul George. The whole point of the exercise of, of doing those deals in tandem was because they wanted to play together. They both wanted to come home. And the Clippers gave up a boatload of stuff to get Paul George. Um, and that will make it difficult when you're trying, if, if, if you were going down that path to trade him, everything's going to be compared to what you gave up to get him, right? If you don't get a Shea Gilgis Alexander and a bunch of picks back, people are going to be feeling like you got, you know, burned on the deal. Um, but at some point you do have to reckon with the fact that they have had the same exact plot play out over and over and over again. And, you know, maybe you're not waiting until you get to the new arena to start fixing things. Maybe this is the time to do it. Wow. That's a lot to unpack there. So if let's say the Clippers do try to move on from Paul George to, to shed his salary and all that, who could they bring in? You said a bunch of smaller deals, but, I'm guessing Kawhi Leonard is still in, you know, at this well, because when he plays, he's still a prime time player, you know, a guy that can go out there and average 30 points like in a series. Do you think that Kawhi Leonard will be okay with Paul George getting traded for a bunch of role players? Yeah, we might get deeper, but not having that second star, that's massive. Do you think there's any kind of player out there that we could potentially get or a young player that could help us be the same kind of championship contender when we're healthy, I guess? that we would be with Paul George being there. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it's the right question. I haven't started playing with the trade machine to see, you know, who they could possibly get um, or, or what makes sense out there. Um, you know, we're sitting here talking in, in the first week of June, the finals are still going, the draft is still a few weeks away, but we are getting to that point, that moment of truth where, you know, look, it was June 30th of, of last year when Kevin Durant out of the blue made his trade demand to the Nets. Um, it was, you know, I'm trying to remember the, the, the dates, but like the Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert trades and just the absolute implosion of, of the jazz. They just decided it was time to hit the reset button. There were rumblings that they might trade somebody, not necessarily both. So I bring that up as just, as just backdrop or context for saying, it's hard to know who the, 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 the Clippers could get in a Paul George deal in part because we don't know who else is on the move this summer, Right. We have speculated around the league at times about is this a, uh, the summer when the you know Timberwolves consider a Carl Anthony Towns deal? Um, there's been speculation about Trey Young's future in Atlanta. There has been you know a lot of talk about if James Harden leaves the Sixers and they can't replace him with Joel Embiid ask out. Like that's the fantasy scenario, right? Like I th that's a, that's an extreme one. I don't think we're heading there this summer. But when you look around to see you know, potentially who may come available at this stage, it's all still very speculative. Um, we're, we're, you know, doing our usual obsessing about Damian Lillard. All indications are that the trailblazers are still going to hold on to him, that he's still not going to ask out. And so they're not going to want to trade him, which means they're probably, I think maybe probably trading the third pick. Cause that's the one that makes the most sense. They may not do that, but that seems to make the most sense. If they're going to keep Dame Lillard, you trade the third pick and refortify around Dame by getting, veterans um does that mean anthony simons could also be available um you know so you you start going through all these various uh permutations and and you know kind of domino effects across the league um you know deandre ayton could very well be available by by all accounts chris paul your old friend from the clippers um may very well become available 
but we don't know which of these players are, are truly going to be on the move yet. Um, we don't know how the Kyrie Mavericks uh, situation is going to shake out. I assume he's staying and that they'll figure out a, a, the right price for that. Um, there's, there's just a lot that could happen. Bradley Beal, now that they finally have a new front office in Washington, that uh, again, your old friend, Michael Winger uh, from the Clippers now running the wizards and from everything we gather has full authority to, to do what needs to be done, which I would say means they're going to bring the wrecking ball, which means that Bradley Beal could be on the move. So there's a lot of things that could happen and a lot of like fairly big names that could move. We're still waiting to see what the Toronto Raptors decide with that core, what the bulls might decide with their kind of already maxed out group. Um, so, uh, you know, the nets have a bunch of pieces because, you know, they traded their stars and now they've got a bunch of interesting pieces that don't quite fit together and they've got to pick a direction. Any number of these teams could be involved in some kind of Paul George deal. If there were to be one, um, and I, so it's, it's too soon to say what that looks like. Yeah. Well, that that's given us some great content for future episodes to potentially <laughs> scheme up some Paul George trades, but coming up, going to be talking about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And if they can play the four this season, which makes us fill out our roster in some other ways, as opposed to the conversation we've had of just getting a new power forward. We're going to be talking about that coming up for a championship team. You need all the right parts to fit. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. If it's the same when it comes, it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check so then the part will fit. Or your money back. Because just like in sports, Confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items apply. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, so there's been a lot of talk about the Clippers needing to upgrade the four spot. Our three power forwards last season were Robert Covington, Marcus Morris Sr., and Nicholas Batum, all of them over 30 years old. Nicholas Batum was probably our best one, and as much as I love Nico wearing his like shirt right now, there's not um, – I don't know if there's a world where Nico Batum on a championship team in 2023-24 should be the best person you have at that position, the best player – He's awesome off the bench. It's been a lot of talk about Marcus Morris needing to get traded and stuff like that, and I, I believe that he will be. He just looked slow and old at the end of the season. But Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, before we started recording today, you mentioned why don't they just run Kawhi Leonard and Paul George at the four. And to that I answer, it seems like either Ty Lue doesn't want to do that or Kawhi doesn't want to do that. But in today's NBA, with a lot of the power fours being like, bigger small forwards like a Tobias Harris or even like a Marcus Morris like I mentioned earlier and not many teams running with two bigs it feels like Kawhi Leonard can hold his own from a physical standpoint he's a great rebounder for his position and all that what do you think the Clippers should lean into potentially going with Kawhi at the you know starting at the four this season and PG at the three and why do you think they haven't really gone to it except for in small ball units 
So the first thing I'd say is that in today's NBA, Kawhi Leonard is a power forward. And, you know, and Paul George is a small ball power forward. I mean, LeBron James is practice is basically a power forward these days. Kevin Durant is often a power forward these days. Like all the like, and that's the thing. Like Durant, Kawhi, LeBron—they're the same, basically, basically the same generation. They've been rivals of each other. They've all guarded each other. They faced each other in the finals. Um, like they've all been small forwards who, depending on circumstance or stage of their career, stage of the NBA stage of the roster around them are guys who are capable of playing serious minutes at, at the four and have, we're not, this is not the old days of like, you know, it was, there, there are no Carl Malone's and, and, and Chris Weber's and Sean Kemp's, you know, or, 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 or Charles Oakley's for that matter, um, running around as fours. Like it's, it's, you know, it's Grant Williams or, you know, it's, uh, Harrison Barnes, like, come on, With like Aaron these, these Gordon guys. right now for the Denver Nuggets. I mean, he's strong, but he he was yeah. a small forward when he started uh, yeah. in the NBA. Right. The, the the Denver Nuggets are in the finals right now with two guys who we would have classified as small forwards on day one of their careers, and Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon. Um, you know, uh, we've seen Bruce Brown plays power forward, right? Like for, for that team, um, I I I think. I think we're long past the point of getting caught in, caught up in labels. Now, if your star player says, I'm not that, so don't put me there. It puts you in a little bit of a bind as a, as a staff, uh, but whatever, like I, I like the labels are irrelevant. The more important is if they still have both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, it's who's the best complimentary players. If your best compliment around them has is, is true point guard, true center, and then the the fifth guy happens to be Nick Batum, who again was a small forward once upon a time, um, but he's your best option at power forwards. So that the other guys can call themselves something else, and Batum takes on the, the defensive assignment at the other end of, of the of the opposing four. But he's really just out there. He's not out there as a as a prototypical power forward. He's just out there as you know another guy who can defend, shoot, and move the ball. Right? If you got a two who could defend, shoot, and move the ball as well as Batum or better, and maybe was even a more versatile defender, maybe he's younger, well, then you would get the two instead and you'd slide Paul George and Kawhi to the three and four. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really just a matter of who your fifth starter is and how well suited they are to play alongside your core. So you're, and then you're just sliding these guys back and forth. Like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are, are, are both capable of essentially being two, three, four in today's NBA. Um, so I don't think the labels matter. I don't know that you're going into an off season. If you're the Clippers front office saying, well, we got to get a four because these guys don't want to play the four and Batum is up there in years. I think it's more just if you're keeping those two, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, who fits best with them? Who does the things that we need most and uh, who has the most complimentary skill set that might be available? That's the way I would view it. You know, you've just given me uh, a light bulb right now. I figured it out. Terrence Mann needs to be our starting shooting guard. Defends, <laughs> moves the ball, and will go. Because the main thing that we need in that starting lineup is we need a guy that's going to guard the, the best player on the opposing team at the point of attack because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George won't be tasked with that a lot because there are two offensive engines. Now, I don't know who's going to come back at point guard, but they will very rarely put Paul George and Kawhi on the best player to start a game. And that's why we were really struggling at times defensively when we were starting Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris alongside Kawhi and Paul George. Because then, I mean, Marcus Morris would be guarding him. And, of course, we switch a lot. But if you had Terrence Mann starting, 
Now you have your guy that's going to go out there and guard the best player. He works well with Kawhi and Paul George, adds to our athleticism. Because Terrence Mann, I'm sorry, Ty Lu does not consider Terrence Mann a point guard. He's not necessarily much of a playmaker. But as you said, the labels, you know, are a little bit extra in today's game. Kawhi and Paul George are the ones that are going to create the shots. They're the ones that are going to handle the ball and pick and roll and create. Terrence Mann is basically just at the point guard position, but he's spotting up and playing off of those two guys. So having him at the shooting guard position or at the two guard, that is more ideal to me. Um, last question. Do you think the Clippers will go for a Ford? Obviously Jeremy Grant's a free agent, but with the CBA, it looks very unlikely that we could get him unless we shed major salary. There's been talks yeah. about John Collins being unhappy with Atlanta. Do you think the Clippers will try to go after that Ford, given the age of those three guys? Maybe. Um, I think it still starts with backing up to decision. Number one, if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both want extensions, how are we handling that? Because if we give them both extensions, we are screwing our cap for years to come under this new CBA, and we won't be able to do anything to improve the roster around them. Would so, you give them an extension if you were the GM? If you were, uh... I, I'd be extremely hesitant. By the way, Michael Winger was like their their cap expert too, and so they've also lost some some uh, some brain power and some savvy in terms of how to navigate all these landmines in the CBA. So um, I'm sure they have other capable people. I'm sure they'll be fine, but just noting that one for the record, um, I would be really reluctant to extend both those guys. I, and it's not even a reflection on them. It is partially a reflection on, on their injury histories and their availability um, and the history of the last few years. And it's partially just the fact that this new CBA is going to make it so impossible to build a functioning roster. If you've got two guys who are essentially – I know Supermax is a specific kind of contract, so I don't want to say Supermax, but I mean like in the more like figurative sense of the term, these guys are on, you know, the highest kind of max you can be on. They are approaching $50 million a year. Yeah. Um, having two of those guys. So this is the thing. The NBA has, I don't want to go on too big of a CBA digression, but there's different kinds of maxes, right? There's, the, you know, the 25% max, the 30 and the 35% max. And then even those change based on when you signed those deals. I bring that up because in the new CBA, and this is not exact, but maybe you can afford to have one 35% of the cap guy and one 25% of the cap guy. But having two guys who are both in that 35% category, um, two guys making a combined a hundred million or more as they, as they go through these contracts. Now, so that's why I'd be very, very leery of and, and, and probably would refuse to sign both to an extension. So now one of them might just say, well, then I don't, you know, then send me somewhere where they would sign me to, to an extension. Um, the other possibility is that they opt out and could re-sign for multiple years at a lesser number. Are they, are they open to that? I don't know. Um, but I, like, that's, that's the difficulty is first you have to navigate not just this coming season, but what the next three to five years look like. And especially on your books, once you get past that decision, then everything else becomes clearer. So um, when you talk about like a John Collins or, you know, look, you know, Kyle Kuzma could be uh, available. Um, there are other power forwards out there if you want to kind of like reimagine this roster, but it's probably going to require sending Paul George out anyway. And the reason it's Paul George instead of Kawhi in part is because obviously, you know, Kawhi is, is, is kind of the primary of those two, but also Paul George has a little less injury concern and therefore probably has better market value. 
overall. You know, teams will have a little more confidence in, in uh, tying themselves to Paul George than Kawhi Leonard. Um, but yeah, like if you're maybe you're making a Paul George deal that brings back John Collins plus other guys. Um, I, I don't know. Again, it's it's too soon to start trying to configure this stuff and 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 just determine what's a fair return. But I, I would say this much: I'd be shocked if they weren't at least having these kinds of conversations in in much more depth than you and I can um, in these in these weeks to come here, especially as you're approaching the drafts. And again, I I think draft night could be wrong. I've been wrong on this before, but I swear this this draft night it, to me feels like it's shaping up to be a wild one. Um, and I mean that not by by who's picked, but where these picks end up, because I feel like there's a lot of potential for trades. It's going to be exciting. And by the way, I we do like when you talk about the cap stuff because this new CBA, we're all getting used to it. So we definitely like more context on that. I'm still getting accustomed to it. But coming up. It's confusing, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, it definitely crazy. is. Coming up, going to be finishing off. We're talking about the point guard situation. Russell Westbrook, where could he land? How much could he want? Going to be discussing it all to close. The best legwear around is bird dogs. Bird dogs make you look good. Bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. It makes me feel like I'm ready to go to a fashion show, but also ready to go to a workout. That's how great bird dogs are. And bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice your movement. So that lets you have more mobility, doesn't make you feel as stiff, and Bird Dogs use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So you don't have to worry about your legs getting all sweaty if you're in the sun. Show yourself wearing Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA and enter promo code LockedOnNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Bird dogs. Woo! All right. So to finish off here, let's talk about Russ. Anything you've heard about how much he might want? I've heard that he is going to want some money, and I don't know if the Clippers can pay him that given the new CBA. The thing about Russ is I, I could still see him as a Clipper for two, two years or so just because he's not your typical 33-year-old in terms of his athleticism, and we saw that surrounded by the right personnel, there is still a very good player in there, and he does a lot of things from the Clippers like from an intangible perspective, being a vocal leader that we kind of lacked before. What are you hearing about Russell Westbrook um, and his situation? I haven't heard anything about Russ, to be honest. Like, I don't know what his, his, you know, salary hopes are or if he's got any place in mind other than L.A. But, like, um, I'm looking at um, Keith Smith, who does a great job uh, with ca cap analysis for Spotrack. Um, he had noted this a couple days ago. So here's the, the, the list of teams that have serious cap room, right? The Rockets have massive cap room. The Rockets are not, I don't think, looking for a Russell Westbrook reunion because they're, they're looking for a James Harden reunion. Um, Spurs, ton of cap space. 
I, I don't think the Spurs are looking to to get an older Russell Westbrook to pair with Victor Wembanyama. So scratch them off. Utah's got cap room. They're in obviously a rebuild, and besides that, they're the ones who waved him after the trade from the Lakers. Oklahoma, I don't see a Thunder reunion in the works either. Um, and then there's some other teams that could have uh, you know 20 plus, 22 million plus in in cap room. Orlando, Detroit, Indiana. I, none of those teams um, look feel like logical destinations for Russ. I point that out just to say like Russ does not necessarily have great options in terms of teams with cap room. The teams with cap room, as is often the case, are not the teams that are going to be chasing an aging post prime star. Right. So where does that leave him? Um, there are obviously a ton of teams that will have various versions of the mid-level exception available to them, the taxpayer, the non-taxpayer, all that stuff. Do any other teams make sense? Like I look down, I always do this, this exercise when it comes to Russ, I, it's the same thing with Kyrie, by the way, in terms of his alternatives to Dallas, I don't look down the, the, the list of teams and see like some obvious landing spot. Um, would Russ sign some sort of exception mid-level or otherwise to go join the Miami heat? Perhaps. I was going to um, say that. Yeah. Like, like that, there's a logical fit there. Right. And, and if anybody thinks they can get the best out of Russ at the stage of his career, Miami would. Um, but again, I'm, I'm literally looking at the standings right now going down and like, I, I just, everything is a no. Um, Does uh, Miami the, have the mid-level that they can give him? Cause I know we don't based on the new CBA. Yeah, I, I honestly haven't done the analysis. Okay. So like I I couldn't even tell you right now. But this is why I say like the, there aren't that many doors open to him. Um you know, I'm I'm again, I'm I'm looking literally team by team as we're talking here. I don't see an obvious landing spot. Um the Clippers I think make the most sense for him, make yeah. the most sense for them. Uh clearly, you know, he loved the idea of going home when he got to the Lakers in the first place. The fact that he was able to, after that washed out, still be able to stay in L.A., I'm sure was a huge relief to him. Um, he's got all the reason in the world to want to stay. So they just have to, you know, look, they don't they have no way to pay him anywhere near what he's what his, his value is at this stage. But maybe being home has uh, enough allure to it and playing with, assuming it's still Paul George and Kawhi Leonard or some form of that has enough, uh, you know, appeal that they'll find a way to sign him to to something that, like I say, is probably going to be far below his market value. But you know, he's made a serious amount of money in his career. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe this is the time where he's willing to choose best situation over most lucrative situation. Yeah, you you could be right. The more you're talking, I'm thinking that Russ, he's at home. We welcomed him with open arms. He seemed to finally find the joy in his game again, and that was really big. It felt like he just wasn't playing with any joy with the Lakers. So hopefully, I'm hoping he can take a pay cut or just take a smaller contract and run it back with us because he was fun to have on the team. I know um, the Laker fans won't agree with that, but for me, he was really fun to have on the team. So hopefully you're right and that he takes a smaller deal. But Howard, thank you so much. This was really great. Some really great stuff to take in. Clipper Nation, you let us know if the Clippers should trade Paul George. I really don't like suggesting these things because when there's no smoke in the air, I don't. I feel like I'm betraying one of our own by even suggesting it. But maybe there is some smoke in the air. So I want you to let me know what you think. Would you be down to trade Paul George and for what? 
Howard, let them know where they can find you. This was great. I had more fun this time, honestly, than last, even though I had fun last time as well. <laughs> hey, man, I'm literally surrounded by smoke. So, uh, but I have literal and figurative smoke in the air here as we uh, record this podcast. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Howard Beck. You can find all my written work uh, for the moment writing uh, at GQ Sports, so GQ.com. But all of, the, uh, of my stories are also at on my authory page, which is authory.com. That's author with a Y on the end.com backslash Howard Beck. Everything I write is there. And uh, of course you can find me still uh, bouncing around the locked on podcast network. That's right. Locked on Clippers free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Make sure to hit the notification bell and the subscribe button on YouTube. I also want to say I read your uh, piece with Mike Breen and that was really good. I, I appreciate I'm it. Big, I'm big into commentators because I used to like be aspire to be one and Hearing that story of him in game one of the finals, because that funny enough, that was my first finals I watched as a kid. Was huh. so my my childhood watching basketball starts with Breen calling the finals in 2006. Yeah, Miami and Dallas. And um to hear that he was that nervous and that Hubie Brown calmed him down, that was really cool. Shout out to the great Hubie yeah. Brown. Anytime we get him on the airwaves, it's always a time to be appreciative. But thank you so much, Howard. Thank you, Clipper Nation. Go Clippers. Go Clippers. Go Clippers.